on today's podcast, we are going to be breaking down the SEC. We are going to talk Trevor Rosenthal and what a DL stint means for the Cardinals. Uh, we are going to hit on the Dodgers, and they keep winning, and John Carlos Stanton hitting dingers. Welcome in to the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us today, our NBA slash college football expert, Anthony Ogden. Anthony, thanks for joining us. It's been a long time, man. Yeah, it's good to be back. I'm uh, glad to be here, talk a little football, maybe a little bit of random other stuff, but yeah, it's good to be back. So let's get on random other stuff. So I know that you saw maybe some clips of my one hockey game, my one adult league hockey game. (laughs) And I I have decided to retire from the sport of hockey at the age of 29. That's unfortunate. You look good. You look strong out there. Strong skater. I, I think that uh, maybe uh, adult rec basketball is more my speed. Because even if you're really bad at basketball, you still don't look completely out of place like playing hockey if you don't know how to skate. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you always have some, you know, the random guys in there in the gym playing basketball, but... Not a lot of randos out there on the ice playing some hockey. Yeah, like I said, I mean, even if you are you can't shoot, you can't dribble, you can set a couple of good picks, yeah. <laughs> block out, get a Play couple rebounds. fundamental defense. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Some of what the NBA you, needs. You don't got to be flashy to, to be a good rec league player, for yeah. sure. But if you can't skate in hockey, you're just yeah. basically a traffic cone mm-hmm. out there. I got wiped out twice. <laughs> And so I have officially announced my retirement. That's fair. That's fair. At yeah. least for now. If I learn how to skate, we'll revisit. I mean, I was, you know, I was going to put butts in the seats because I was willing to buy tickets to watch that debacle. I, I look, Maybe retired isn't, like, I'm Brett Favre retired. Yeah, I'm just go. waiting That's, for yeah. the right time. We'll probably have Schefter down here in Springfield here in a couple months. Yeah. You know, reporting on. Yeah, on, on my, on my hockey, status. on my skating skills. Yeah. yeah. So, just a quick update for all of you wonderful listeners out there. So, on to a little bit of baseball. So, Anthony, you said that you got an update that the Cardinals put Rosenthal in the DL. Yeah, it said elbow, you know, tenderness, tendonitis type stuff. So, we'll kind of see where that goes. I didn't see the clip last night where when he went out. Um, everybody said it looked pretty bad. Um, that's kind of going to be a, a tough spot to fill because Rosenthal was starting to you know, really get back into the shape where he is, where he was, I should say, a couple of years ago where he was just blowing guys away. Um, so, I mean, we'll see where it goes from there. It's kind of a kind of a down note after a little bit of a hot streak there for the Cardinals, but we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes from here. Yeah, and, I mean, I think that the Cardinals almost have to try to look to pick up somebody in the waiver trade deadline here in the next couple of weeks if they're looking at, losing Rosenthal for the rest of the year because oh filled in admirably last year but I think we learned this year that he's not a closer no yeah uh, oh is definitely not the answer right now I mean I think I saw something the other day where left-handed batters are slugging six or seven hundred off of them so that's not <laughs> that's not you know a viable thing for a closer to to be at so he's not the answer there I don't know that they have a lot of in-house um, answers maybe you know Tui Vavala if he could figure it out um, he would be maybe something good but yeah right now the they're looking a little thin on that back end oh yeah so did you see Matheny get kicked out last night I did um, 
And it, it was actually, you know, I'm not typically a Mike Matheny guy, but the way he went about it and what he was doing, you know, because he was basically trying not to get Yachty tossed is yeah. what he was out there doing. But I like that. I like to see see a little fire under his belt. But no, um, and then every, everybody was talking about how the umpire just kind of blew that one. So yeah. we'll, uh, I'm interested to see see what comes about after that yeah he said he needed a break yeah like and then top of the top of the ninth bottom of the ninth whatever bottom of the ninth, bottom of the yeah. ninth yeah pretty big spot Jeez, full count yeah. so yeah i was glad to see Matheny get you know go out there and keep yachty from getting tossed uh i think that you i, I don't talk good about Matheny because i don't see a lot of good out of Matheny, yeah, no, but that was yeah. something he did mm-hmm. right was keeping molina in the game so let's go on. Uh, Lucas and I have both talked about it before. I want to get your take on what the Dodgers are doing this year. It's it's kind of unbelievable. At the beginning of the season, um, I saw they were kind of were doing the same thing they were doing last year with kind of trying to do a lot of mix and match their pieces. Yeah. Um, um, but for whatever reason, some of the projections, Dakota loved them. They had them sit the 98 wins at the start of the season the most out of anybody in baseball and you know I thought they were going to be a good team I thought they were going to be solid you know maybe 90-95 wins sitting around there but you know they're right now uh, on pace to break the all time regular season wins record yeah it's so, insane I did not see them doing this good they're the one of the great things I think the Dodgers they're kind of being innovators with is using this the 10 day DL yeah. And the way they have so many pieces they can shuffle in and out. Um, they're being able to get guys rest. And it's it's uh, the Friedman and all his guys, very smart guys. So um, it's, it's impressive what they're doing. I think, and I think they're, they're built for a playoff run, too, because they got all, you know, they can hit. Um, Kershaw, everything has kind of sounded good about him coming back. Yeah. So. I think they're set up to, to for the long haul here. Did you see you Darvish's swing last night? I, I missed that. <laughs> I bet that looked good. Uh, he it was basically just move the bat across <laughs> the plate. He had no interest yeah. in making contact. Well, you know, those American League guys, they don't they can't yeah. swing it as, as good as the National League boys. No. <laughs> so speaking of being able to swing the bat, let's talk John Carlos Stanton in the massive, massive tear he's on right now. Yeah, he's crushing it. Um, what'd you say, 44 home runs yep. sitting on now, um, major league lead. He uh, He's definitely kind of coming into his own finally. It's it's good to see. It's, it's a lot of fun to see. Unfortunately, he's on the Marlins, yeah. which they're not going anywhere. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It's a lot of fun. Um, he would definitely, you know, be sitting in the middle of the MB, MVP talk, unfortunately, but he's on a bad team. So Plays for the Marlins. Yeah, he's not going to. Not gonna get a lot of a lot of help there. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I sure as hell don't want to see the guy be a Yankee uh, by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but I, I don't. I mean, the Jeter group just bought the team. I would be surprised if the life of his 13-year contract, he's still a Marlin at the end of it. Yeah. Um, the, I think moving all that money is unless it's. Somebody, you know, it's going to be going to have to be maybe the Dodgers or the Yankees or somebody willing to, you know, take on a lot of that money. But I don't, I don't see the maybe with the new ownership of the Marlins, Jeter and, and those boys, maybe they'll be willing to, you know, <clears throat> invest in him a little bit more. But you know, I, 
I would like to see him, you know, stay with it. I'd like to see them build a team around him, but right now it's not looking looking that way. Did you happen to see the tweet from Ryan Spader who put it out there? Maybe it was one of the actually I think it was one of the Barstool guys that Trout, Harper, and Stanton were within like five plate appearances of each other yeah. on their 195th home mm-hmm. run. It was wild. I think it was all around. Um, no, I, I I know that I know what yeah, you're referring to. Yeah, it wasn't. It's it was a it's a wild number though. Yeah. yeah. It was was it plate appearances or age? I think it was age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were within five days mm-hmm. of each other. Yeah. That's what it was. But it's insane, you know. Three great guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that maybe we're starting to see Stanton get to his potential and i think that mike trout's always played to his potential uh harper two kind of yeah he's you know you saw his great 2015 he's having a great 2017 2016 was a pretty down year and and before you know unfortunately he had a leg injury here this past week so he's gonna be out for a little while but um I think I think when we look back on it, I think 2016 is going to be Harper's you know aberration year. I think this is who he is. He's he's this good of a player. That's I'm I'm kind of on the Harper Harper bandwagon. Are you on the Harper to the Cubs bandwagon like I'm not, Lucas is? I'm 100 not on that bandwagon. I'd rather see him go to the Yankees. <laughs> Lucas is driving that train. I, yeah, I know, and it's you know if I was a Cubs fan, I would be too. Oh Come yeah. Come on, Bruce. Oh Br- yeah. Br- Come on, Bruce to the Cubs. But yeah. Um, because it's more of a manly name than Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strong American name. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah and then uh, Machado was in that group too, but he's kind of had a down year. So I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting to see. I like uh, love Mike Trout. I mean, he's he's kind of gonna be a generational player oh, yeah. for us. But um, uh, I I like the little bit of the rivalry, the the Trout Harper rivalry. Ooh, something I did not see that just kind of hit me in the face this morning. The Angels are in the second wild card spot in the American League. Can you believe that? Not at all. There were people at the beginning of the year talking, kind of talking a little bit of, you know, this Angels team, they might have a chance to, you know, contend for a wild card this year. And I said, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you... With, with what? I mean, yeah. besides, besides Trout, I mean, Pujols is a shell of himself. He's not the player that, any sort of the player that he used to be. Um... Simmons is a great glove, but you never Simmons know. Simmons is actually having a career here. I saw that. Um, I think he's actually, depending on which you know, baseball reference the um, fan graphs, depending on which war you look at, I think he's leading the MLB in war right now. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, he's batting. I think like right around three hundred, but he's leading the league in defensive runs saved, and he's at the premium position at shortstop. So. So one last baseball note before we get started on some college football. Alex Gordon got the old batting average above the Mendoza line last night. (laughs) It's only the middle of August and we're just now getting to say that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, you know, baby steps. It's all about baby steps. He still has two years, like 30 million left, (laughs) maybe 40 million. It's absurd. Yeah, it's, it's, that's not, contract's not looking great. But the Royals are only half game out. And they won a World Series with him, so yeah. that's I think that's part of you know one of the, one of those things you win a World Series, you somebody's usually getting paid a little bit more than they need to with a couple more years than they need to. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. So now we're going to start our college football preview. So basically, uh, every 
Over the next three podcasts, today we're going to do the SEC because like media days, I told Anthony, you always start with the best. Got to so, start with the best. So, of course, we're going to start with the SEC. We're not Big Ten people here. Oh, that's I, I Big Ten. <laughs> I thought we were saving the Big Ten for last because, you know, best for last? No? No. That's not, not no, what we're doing? No, worse no, for last. Okay. All right. So now that we've cleared that up, uh, we are going to, so we're going to have, you know, our typical start of what's going on in the world of sports right now, the start of our podcast, and then we're going to lead that into our college football previews. Like I said, today, SEC, the next one we're going to do is Big 12 and Pac-12, which we will get to you guys either tomorrow or on Saturday, and then by Monday, we will release the Little 10 and <laughs> the ACC previews. So, Anthony, SEC, any thoughts before we get into this? Uh, the first thing I want to hear is, what's your thoughts on the Hugh Freeze scandal out in... Old Hookergate? Mississippi. <laughs> Old Hookergate, yeah. as I like to call it. Well, <sighs> NCAA sanctions weren't going to get him fired. So, I guess he was... I, I kind of considered him like the Phil Jackson of the SEC. Yeah. He was trying to see what he had mm-hmm. to do to get fired. Because if you heard about all of that... He got the chance to redact personal phone calls before they sunshined his before sunshine in, laws. His yeah. yeah, and he did not choose his hooker call. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> escort call as a personal lady. So lady of the night. Clearly, it was business. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not real sure what all goes on with you know recruiting trips. Never been privy to it. You know, sometimes you get lonely out on the road. <laughs> you just need some company. Who know? Who knows what they were doing? Maybe they were just playing checkers. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's it. That was kind of a wild little controversy here, and the uh, the run up to the season, but um, just out of nowhere too. Yeah, and I think that it was probably coming, especially if they knew a lot about these, you know, recruiting violations that allegedly had been going on. So. Um, I don't. I don't think that he had a a long shot of staying there, even though he did kind of beat up on Alabama there a little bit. I was getting ready to say only his saving grace. That do you want to hear a a flat earther theory from me? (laughs) I think maybe that Bama may have set this up because maybe knew a guy who was a little bit of an investigator. Yeah, I'm just saying every other coach in the SEC, a bit Kevin Sumlin has played well with uh, Saban. But less miles. Mm-hmm. I not think, a lot of success. Yeah, not yeah. a lot of success. Good teams mm-hmm. got fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you could have the Urban Meyer faked dying to <laughs> get out of the SEC once Saban got yeah. there. Uh, Mark Richt, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the list goes yeah. on and on and on of guys who have been fired because they're Big not names. Nick Saban. Yeah. Uh, Gene Chizik won yeah. a national championship two, six it, two, years two, ago. Two years removed and he got fired from it? Yeah. Six years ago from right now, he won a national championship yeah. and has been unemployed for four <laughs> years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the cloud of Saban. It's, it's a tough tough thing to live up to. Yeah, but he's basically destroying SEC head coaching. That's true. I mean, um, and some of his coaching tree, though, is kind of filling out. You know, Kirby yeah. Smart's at Georgia now. So it'll be interesting to kind of see going forward as far as big-name coaches if, you know, they're more inclined to go somewhere else until Saban goes away. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into a little bit of predictions. So the East, uh, 
We can go whatever. Do you want to go with an order, or do you want to go with my order? Um, well, you can go ahead with yours, and I'll, I'll kind I'll okay. of... Okay, so you. I have Georgia going 10-2 and two and 6-2 and two in conference. I think that uh, Jacob Eason is... I mean, he has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the SEC right now. And there are some good quarterbacks yeah. in the SEC for a change. Uh, they had that strong recruiting class last year. Um, and I said I would pick Georgia to go 11-1, and one, but they're going to Georgia a game somewhere along the way. Have a game they should win, and they just blow at the end of it. Do you think that's a, a Georgia characteristic? Do you think that's more of a Mark Richt? I think it's a Georgia, Georgia? characteristic. Okay. I think that's it goes fair. beyond Rick. That's fair, yeah. So, uh, they... The one game that I kind of pegged for them losing was Auburn. I think Auburn's going to have a strong year. We'll get into that. But I think that Georgia Georgia always – Georgia is like LSU. They have so much in-state, homegrown talent. They even lose a lot of it like LSU yeah. does, and they're still stacked mm-hmm. with talent. So when I was kind of looking at the other teams in the SEC East, I just didn't think anyone had the talent that Georgia does this year. No, I'm with you there, yeah, and – and I think I think Kirby Smart's a good coach. I think I think he'll have that defense kind of humming. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to to see him. Um, hopefully they don't Georgia game. Hopefully they have a good year here. But I'm I'm with you. I I've seen yeah. it too many times. Too many times. As long as they beat Notre Dame on in hey, week two. Easy there. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me of the old Ross Hadburn tweet about. Uh, in my day, uh, Irish may have been a bunch of drunks, but they didn't go down or they didn't lay down to secessionists. <laughs> so, That's pretty good. So the Irish are going back down yeah. south this year. So uh, that was kind of what I highlighted from their schedule. Of course, there are going to be some good games with Florida, Tennessee, Missouri. Uh, south Carolina is not going to lay down. But uh, then I had Florida at 9-3. and three. Uh, six and two in conference play. They have a tough, tough, tough out of conference schedule this year. They do. They p- open up with Michigan. I got them beaten, Michigan. See, I was I saw your your tweet earlier today about the uh, opening SEC, you know, week one record. What it's going to be. Um, I like Michigan in that game. I, as much as we like to rag on the Big Ten, I'm a big Jim Harbaugh fan. You know. It works for me in such a way that I liked Jim Harbaugh before he went to Michigan, but just Michigan ruined him for me. That's fair. That's fair. Loved him at Stanford, loved him in San Francisco, but as soon as he went to Michigan, he was dead to me. Yeah. I mean, right now in those those 1950s era glasses he's wearing, with just looking <laughs> like a throwback college football coach, I like that look, too. Um, I, th- I think he's good, though. I think he'll, I think he'll have him coached up. Um they only returned six starters, and we'll get into this more in the Big yeah. Ten. But Michigan only returned six starters That's this year. That's true. Um, I, you know, Florida has always got a lot of talent, so I, th- I think they're going to be good this year, though. So um, I think Week One, unfortunately, is going to be kind of a crapshoot because yeah. you don't know how ready these guys are going to be. Because this is not a typical Week One schedule for a lot of these teams. I mean, it's not not a powder puff by any means for a lot of these guys. So. Um, we'll see. How, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm. I'm just hoping for some good games here. Kick oh, up, absolutely. Kick off the season. Absolutely. So speaking of good games, uh, I have my third place team in the East, and Lucas is going to send me a long text after he listens <laughs> to this part. I have the Missouri Tigers going eight and four and four and four in conference. Missouri's bringing back a three thousand yard passer, Drew Locke, thousand yard receiver, Jamon Moore, thousand yard rusher, and Demarie Crockett. Now that defense, 
if that defense plays like he did last year, they'll go four and eight instead of eight and four. Yeah, which is surprising because with the move to the SEC, their defense has had really stepped up there for a couple of years. So, the, what kills me is Barry Odom was a defensive yeah. coordinator. Oh, he was a defensive yeah. guy. Then he brought in Cross to be the defensive coordinator last year. Basically, went hands off on the defense, and they gave up like apart. almost sixty to Middle Tennessee. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, that's the that's the huge, huge caveat to Missouri going eight and four and finishing third. I'm I'm with you. That was the most surprising thing for me. You know, they hire a defensive guy at the when at the time they were struggling so bad on offense. Yeah. So I thought. I'm not sure about this hire, and then they go out in the next season. They have a pretty good offensive year, yeah. Um, but then they, you know, for you know, some days they can't stop anybody, which was surprising from you know a defensive coach being at the top of top of the uh, you know head coach, and then they can't do anything. So I don't know. Well, that's I'm with you. It's it's definitely going to be a, a asterisk to see if the defense plays well what they're going to do in conference. Yeah, and uh, Josh Heupel's offense always scares me because, like, from the very – they opened at West Virginia last year. Missouri had the ball for eight seconds before they had a three and out. (laughs) He's going to have to learn to just pull the reins back and run the football. This isn't the Big 12, Heupel. Slow it down. Uh So – after, you don't have Sam Bradford out there. <laughs> you don't have Sam Bradford and Adrian Peterson yeah. running around. Uh-huh. Uh, so then I have Tennessee. I'm going to pick them to go seven and five, and uh, what's that? Three and five in conference. Tennessee lost a lot. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurd transferred. Uh, oh, the running back that got drafted by the Saints. Why can't I think? Uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Uh, Josh Dobbs is on to the NFL. They lost a lot of talent from their Champions of Life team last year. Last year was supposed to be the Tennessee team. And Tennessee Tennessee is in that group of Texas, of Notre Dame, uh, all these schools that are traditional powers. You're always going to hear way more about Tennessee than how good they actually are. And so, you know, there's already people. I think that they're replacing too much to have a great year. I don't think they're going to make a run at the SEC East even. I mean, Tennessee's never really been known as, you know, a power recruiter. Yeah. You don't really hear about, oh, you know, Tennessee's, you know, out in the recruiting trail and they're getting all these, you know, top 100 guys. You don't really hear that a lot. So, um, with losing all this talent from a team that was supposed to be, you know, the Tennessee team of, you know, the last 10 years, it's going to be a tough road for them. I mean, they're... You know, got a tough conference schedule. So, unfortunately, I think they're one of the ones that don't really have a lot of, uh, you know, out of conference yeah. competition. Didn't look like so. Yeah, I don't. They have maybe Cal. Yeah, which. Yeah. You know, eh. I mean, spoiler alert! I picked Cal to finish dead last <laughs> in the Pac-12. Yeah, so that's that's your Tennessee out of conference schedule. Yeah, and then uh, I think that they'll make a bowl game. Uh, South Carolina. Will Muschamp uh, got them going six and six, two and six, and or three and five in conference. Three I don't think they can. Uh, I don't think they can handle Clemson out of conference. Yeah. Um, Even though Clemson's losing a lot, I just think that. I mean, man, I don't have a lot of faith in Muschamp. I don't he did. A, he did a good job last year. Yeah. But I think that you're going to start to see some of the old. Once all of the old head ball coaches guys are gone, and it's all Muschamp's guys, he was a drunk bus driver at Florida. He was he was terrible. 
He was not good. I remember they lost a game to Missouri a few years ago. The final score was like 40-7, to and Missouri scored one offensive touchdown. That is wild. I... I, I mean, I remember they had the up They on, had, like, the punt return, the yeah, kick that's, return, that's right, two yeah. interceptions return. Um, yeah, I'm not a big Muschamp fan. Um, he came from Texas, right? Is that yes. originally? Yes. And so um, he, was a, he was great at Texas, um, and I thought he was going to be, you know, a pretty good coach. But, you know, from what we've seen so far, he's going to have to figure something else out. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not a big – I'm not on the Will Muschamp yeah. you know, bandwagon here. So to round out the East, uh, Kentucky, I got them pegged for sixth, and then Vandy at seventh. I think that uh, the struggles that Derek Mason is going through at Vandy shows you how good of a coach James Franklin really is. Absolutely. When you look at what he did in his time at Vandy, yeah. uh, Kentucky is Kentucky, man. They play basketball. Yep, they were, they're not here for football. Yeah. So and I, they had a good year last year, but it was kind of one of those nobody in the East was any good. Half the West was down. It was let's it was their let's take advantage while we can. Here. It was their year to yeah. shine. Uh, so, any thoughts on either of those two teams? Um, they should probably get Calipari out on that recruiting trail for the oh, football team. Yeah, I I, maybe he could he could help. Um, other than that, no, I yeah, I'm with you, James Franklin. I'm with you. Um, he really coached up that Vandy team. Yeah. kind of showed you his chops. Uh, um, but I think after, yeah, with him going away, I don't think that that they're going to be relevant yeah in that conference i completely agree that the mixture of academic standards and just bandy's no, not absolutely. a great football yeah. school uh so let's move over to the old sec west so we talked about nick saban and of course i've got alabama winning the west i have them going 13 and 0 got them beating georgia in the conference championship game uh 8 0 in conference and this is the ninth year Saban's Tide have been ranked number one in the polls at some point in time. That's wild. Nine wild. years. Yeah. I mean, if people, and, you know, he's maybe, you know, maybe not won as many national championships as, you know, obviously he could have or, you know, maybe should have. But, I mean, this is as close right now, I think, to dynasty, especially oh, yeah. in college football, as we have seen in a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, it's Nick Saban in the field. Yeah. As far as the best coach no, in college football. Yeah. Well, I mean, and best team, I mean, right now it's, you know, you picking Alabama or you picking somebody else. Yeah, and it, it takes, you see Watson and Clemson last year, it takes a special player, yep. uh, a bunch of good players around mm-hmm. him, and just like all the stars to align just right to beat Alabama. Alabama's there every single year. Yeah. And to be honest, at that game last year, I thought they had it wrapped up at halftime. I, I literally, I went to bed. Went to bed, didn't watch the second half of that game, and then I wake up the next day, I get on Twitter, and I see the Clemson one, and I say, what? Yeah. Interesting. But, you know, that's that's just me believing in, you know, how good what Saban does and what Alabama as a program does. But, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think I think Alabama's going to win the conference going away. Yeah, I, I agree. They have Jalen Hurts back. Uh, you know they're going to have three first-round draft picks. Yeah, and picks. I think they have, like, Nine or ten out of the top 100 players. So, I mean. Every year. Yeah, every year. year. So, they do have that huge game week one versus Florida State in Atlanta. I'm, I'm pretty pumped I'm to watch that game. That one, yeah. I think it's going to be a good game. I, if, if history has taught us anything, if you give Nick Saban eight months to prepare for one opponent, you do not yeah, want to be the guy on the it. other end. Yeah, he's, he's going to beat up on you. I mean, he's, he's the master at that, you know. Yeah. 
Um, USC won the freaking Rose Bowl last year, and look how that game turned out for them in the opener. Yeah, I mean they they got killed. It's like Fifty six to seven. Mm-hmm. It wasn't good. It was not good. Um, no, I mean yeah, and Saban. I mean yeah, you give him too much time, he's just he's gonna you know out game plan you, out do everything. So he took his two days off and hit it hard again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he, I mean. Hey, I mean, if, if you want to work that hard, absolutely yeah. go for it. I mean, I mean, it's obviously paying dividends for him. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So then, uh, number two in the West, I got Auburn. I got them going on eleven and one, seven and one, and I said the Southland needs Jared Stidman to be great this year. Uh, Gus Malzahn's job likely depends on it, uh, and mostly, I think that everyone would agree we need somebody to challenge Alabama. No, I'm with you. Like yeah. the way the old. Less Miles teams yeah. would the way that the couple of Auburn teams have. Plus, I mean that the Auburn Alabama rivalry is just great in itself. But you know, throwing in a really good Auburn team would just make it that much more fun. So oh I, yeah, I, I'm I'm 100 um, percent, you know, rooting for Auburn this year, hoping they have a good year, hoping they're good. Um, if they're uh, both 11 and 0 going to the Iron Bowl, that ooh, will be the, that is going to be a good. Maybe uh maybe a little fumbling punter road trip. Road trip down to Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Roll tad, baby. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna wear whoever stuff yeah. this, like <laughs> if it's at Bryant Denny, I am gonna be in crimson. Yeah. But if it's if it's in Auburn, I'm gonna be wearing blue and orange. I do not want to get hostile <laughs> get in, with the get natives. In the middle of that, yeah. <laughs> so uh any any more thoughts there? I think that uh that's been what Auburn's lacked the last couple of years is somebody to run Gus Malzahn's eye candy offense. It, I mean, when that thing is humming, oh, that man. is fun to watch. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm hoping, I'm hoping old Stidman can do it. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I guess. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be fun though. They're, I think they're going to be good though. I think they're going to yeah. have a good year. Um, they get Clemson in week two. That'll be another good game. A lot of good, a lot of good early games this yeah. year. Yeah, so week two, uh, Georgia Notre Dame will have Auburn, Clemson, and then that is the same week of the Ohio State Oklahoma game. I'm kind of with you on on Clemson. I feel like they've lost maybe a little bit too much to yeah to like maybe even challenge for a repeat. So I, I'm kind of I, I pick Auburn in that game. Yeah. I'm with you that they're gonna they're gonna beat them. So so it, it'll be fun to watch though. And then. I got picked third in the conference, Cultural LSU Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually down in Louisiana here earlier this year, and, you know, surprise, I, I guess not surprising, I, did, I didn't really know how big the, the fandom for LSU was, but there's, there's a big, oh, yeah. big portion of that state that really uh, pulls for them Tigers. So, um, Cultural likes some gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a po' boy or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, with the new the little the new turnover coaching turnover for LSU, I'm gonna be interested to see how that goes for him. Um, I feel like them getting rid of Les Miles was a mistake. I don't know if oh. that was a good move. Um, Hate it. Yeah. So we'll we'll kind of see how that goes. See if they uh, figure it out with the uh, with the new coach. Um, I think they're gonna miss Fournette maybe a lot more than yeah. Um, they think I don't um, know. The running back they have coming back, uh, his not guy, Darius guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he should be good. He's not a foreign ed, yeah. but he should be good. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm interested to see. It's kind of kind of a little bit of a, 
you know, it's an influx time for kind of Baton Rouge, but um, I'm interested to see how they play this year. I am too, and I am still never going to discount uh, if LSU has a down year, Chip Kelly going to LSU. Ooh, that would be... You think about the... I mean, Chip Kelly was competing for mm-hmm. national championships at Oregon. Yeah. And he had, like, worse recruiting classes than Missouri. Yeah, and the thing about Chip Kelly is though he always finds those fast guys. And if you can find the fast guys down south, I mean, <laughs> the fast guys get even faster. So, oh, yeah. Um, no, I think Chip Kelly would, would really put a program together down there. And I think he's really built as a college guy, too. I think yeah. that he was not right for the pros, so... Um, I would, yeah, I would be real intrigued to see him. You, I mean, you think about how LSU's defense has been every single year. They're good. Mm-hmm. Their defense is great. Yeah, they, they just have, have question. Yeah, it. they just, mm-hmm. and it's all like we said earlier, in-state talent. Yep. So you get a competent offense with that defense. I mean, it's gonna be good. It would. I mean, that's, you know, maybe not you know on the par with Alabama good every year, but. They're, they're not going to be slouches. They're going to be competing for it. Oh, no doubt. So then I have Texas A&M. I have them at 8-4, and 4-4 four, four and four in conference, and another 8-1 year for Kevin Sumlin. That's kind of his calling kinda card. Kind of his MO, yeah. yeah. And, and to be honest, a lot of programs, I mean, they would be happy with eight wins. Going oh, to a bowl yeah. game. Um, I think they're, his first couple of years kind of raised expectations. Um Johnny I mean, football, baby. I mean, really, though, has Texas A&M ever been a real college football powerhouse? No. And, you and know, they, want to, they want to act like it, though. And I'm like, eh. The whole, the whole time, like, and I still hear people dump on Mizzou whenever they talk about adding Mizzou and A&M yeah. to the SEC. And, I, I mean, they were, they were in the Big 12 together yeah. for 20 years. Yeah. And I don't ever time. remember Texas A&M being no. very good. I mean, I remember even Mizzou beating up on Texas A&M. When Mizzou wasn't even that good, so I yeah. don't know where this was. It was kind of coming out of nowhere to me that everybody's like, "Oh yeah, let's bring Texas A&M in," but oh, I don't know about Missouri. They're not going to really compete. So yeah. no, I, I, I'm with you on that one. That's it seemed kind of kind of strange to me. Don't get me wrong, A&M fans would love to come down for a tailgate at Kyle Field. Absolutely, and you know you know what Texas A&M does win at their marching band. Yeah. On point. <laughs> so I saw him one time at Mizzou here. It's been years ago now, but yeah, they they, they killed it. So hey, yeah, everybody's got you gotta, something. Gotta have, you gotta have your niche. Everybody's got something. Yep. Uh, but uh, they, their quarterback situation the last few years, whew, has been interesting. I don't even know if I could tell you who their starting quarterback is today. Do they still have uh, Oklahoma transfer Knight? Is he still there? I don't know. Um, I'm going to sound really bad, but they've lost like five quarterbacks been, in three it's years. It's been kind of the quarterback carousel down there. So. Yeah, because they had like two top five yeah. quarterbacks. Which and which says something about Sumlin, which he can still you know win some ball games with you know oh, yeah. the rotating quarterbacks going through there. But um, that's I mean if they they find somebody some if he finds somebody to fit his system, I think I think they'll kind of be back to maybe you know nine, maybe getting back into double digit wins. But yeah, he's got to find that quarterback first. Yeah, I completely agree. And then uh, I got the Hogs, Arkansas. I got them going seven and five, three and five this year. Down the stretch, their defense looked horrendous. That led to second half collapses against Virginia Tech in their bowl game and Mizzou in the last regular season game, which is another surprising one. You know, from 
you know, Bielma, another yeah. another pretty big, you know, known as a defensive guy, but I don't know, it's it's surprising. Um I you know, I down here being where we're at, we gotta hear a lot of Arkansas stuff. Oh, so yeah. I I'm never a big Arkansas fan. I'm not really on that uh on that train, so We'll see where they're at. I think seven and five, maybe five hundred is about yeah about where they're gonna end up. Talking about programs that think that they're powerhouses, and I'm sorry, Arkansas fans. I love you guys. Work with you guys. You're not a powerhouse. Yeah. You're not Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're never, not never happened. Yeah, never I happened. mean, you won a national title in 1964 with Jerry Jones as your you starting tackle. <laughs> The game's changed a little bit a little since bit, then. Yeah, you can't have a five foot ten, hundred and eighty pound right tackle. Yeah, it doesn't work that well. The wishbone's gone. Give it up. <laughs> uh, so I don't think that Abilama should be worried about losing his job. Going seven and five, six and six, they're not going to be so. any better. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 who they are. Yeah, I that's mean, where they're at. people talk about Missouri not being a fertile recruiting ground. I mean, they have some talent down there in Little Rock, but. Where's the rest of their yeah, talent I coming mean, from? I mean, St. Louis, Missouri has St. Louis yeah. and Kansas City that both re- produce a lot of talent. A lot of good talent. So I don't know what Arkansas fans expect. I mean, be, gonna, be happy with what you have. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go, go down go down to Texas if you want to. Oh yeah, the football players. That is no lie. Mm-hmm. So then I got Mississippi State going six and six, two and six in conference. Uh, I still think Dan Mullen's maybe the third best coach in the SEC right now. You think so? I think so. That's, I think it's a little bit of a bold statement. I'm a bold the hot take hot of take. the SEC yeah. uh, preview. I like it. Uh, I'm going to put him behind Saban and Malzahn. Yeah. I mean, you look over at the East and good God. Yeah, that's uh, true. It's it's kind of a it's bare over smart, there. Smart. Uh, yeah. But he's new, so you don't really McElwain, know. McElwain, who likes to make love to sharks. <laughs> Uh, Barry Odom, Butch Jones, yeah. Will Muschamp, uh, Bob, or not Bob Stoops, other Stoops, Mark Stoops yeah. at Kentucky, uh, Derek Mason, uh, maybe, maybe Kevin Sumlin's a better I, head coach. I, I put so maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. tied for third or fourth, but he has been, and you know, Mississippi state's one of those places where they're not, not a lot of high expectations. Yeah. If you do have a good year then. And they had the good, good year with Dak. Yeah. And, but you know, they're. You know they're not gonna run anybody out on the rail with a you know seven and five. Yeah. You know five hundred years. So. And uh, now that Hugh Freeze is gone, all the pressure's off Dan yeah. Mullen. Yeah. I mean, I mean he, he's got a get out of jail free card at this point. <laughs> yeah. Just don't call hookers on your recruiting trips and you're good. Exactly. Yeah. And especially on the university cell yeah. phone. <laughs> so that's a pretty good segue into the team I got picked last in the SEC West, Ole Miss. That's. It's going to be rough down in Mississippi for a while. It could get pretty bad, yeah. uh, depending on what... Because this, uh, all of the Hugh Freeze mess doesn't even take into consideration the recruiting scandals yeah. that they're under right Which now. Which is not looking good. No, it's looking like... I mean, I like Ross Bjork. Uh, he's an old Missouri guy, if I remember right. Uh, their athletics director. That, sound, that sounds right. And, uh, but, whoo, all this stuff with Hugh Freeze and recruiting boosters, it sounds pretty bad. I mean, probably USC bad, you know, where... Absolutely, yeah. But At least maybe a two-year bowl ban yeah. plus. I mean, not that they were, at this point, probably not going to get there anyways. Um, but, 
you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, when you start taking away scholarships and, you know, your lack of depth yes. from recruiting, that's that's huge. So, um, you really saw that impact USC. No, up absolutely. until basically last I was year. Say, yeah, when when we get to get over to the Pac-12, we can talk about that a little bit more. But yeah, it's 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 a tough road. And look know. who you have to play every year: Alabama, mm-hmm. huge and deep up front; mm-hmm. Auburn, fast, huge and deep up front; LSU. Huge and deep up front. A&M. Arkansas. I mean, yeah, Brett Bielema loves the big fat guys. Yeah. And he's got like four or five of them at every position on the line. So if you can't, you know, you know, push those guys around, you're not going to, you know, win a lot of football games. Yeah, and Shea Patterson's a good quarterback, but how much longer does he hang around? Mm-hmm. I heard I mean, the statement that his dad said he was committed. They were committed to Ole Miss, but... You know, you, they, you all, they always say that. And then, four concussions in the first five games of the yeah. year, and he may not be so committed yeah, anymore. absolutely. And, there, I mean, at grad transfer, sit out a year. There's a lot of places mm-hmm. that guys are going, yeah. and someone's always welcoming a great quarterback talent. Well, and with um, situations like this, would they give him any sort of, you know, transfer waiver with – Yeah, and they very well could, like yeah. they did uh, They did that with Penn State, mm-hmm. and I think they did that with USC. Yeah, so, I mean, we you could see that as well. So that would be a bonus for somebody if they could, they could snatch him up like that. Oh, yeah. So, SEC Player of the Year, who you got, Anthony? Somebody from Alabama, probably. You going to go uh, Hurt? I like that. Jalen yeah. Hurts? Yeah. Uh, give me Jacob Eason. You think so? Sophomore Georgia quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Coach of the Year. Um, I'm going to go with if Auburn does end up going 11-1 and one and maybe – you know, chipping away at Alabama. I'm gonna go Malzahn. You know, uh, give me the same Gus Malzahn. Yeah. I don't, I don't particularly see anybody that can like. I mean, maybe if Missouri has one of those miracle yeah. years, maybe if Florida, Florida, maybe if Florida, Florida beats Michigan, and if Georgia goes yeah. wins ten or eleven games, you could be talking Kirby Smart. But I'd say that we have good money placed on Gus Malzahn. Yeah, I think Malzahn. They they have a good year. I'm, I think he's he's gonna be uh, definitely. Uh, and the and the talk for it. Yeah. So Anthony, you got anything more on the SEC? No, I mean I'm I'm ready for it. Let's let's play some football. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, guys, that's all we got for you today. Hope that you enjoyed our coverage of the SEC. Stay tuned for the other four power conference or power five conferences, and we may even throw in a little uh, Boise State, <laughs> University of Houston, and Notre Dame talk in there. But that's all for now. For Anthony Ogden, I'm Devin Keeney. Have a good night, guys.